following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Well, I had nothing better to do, so guess what I watched? Oh, I know. Another episode of Space 1999. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, in this one, uh, the main story, really, was about a troubled young teenage girl. Oh, from like an alien world or something? Nah, she was a member of the crew. Oh. I mean, I didn't realize they had... It recruited them that young, you know, for their uh, their space force or whatever it is. Now, uh, I mean, they say she's young and whatnot. She's, you know, mid to late 20s at best. But anyway, the problem is uh, she, she's got a, a crush on Tony. Why? I don't know. She just does. But uh, turns out she's some sort of botanist or something. Oh, so oh, so they do have a greenhouse. Yeah, I would have thought it would be a lot bigger, but it didn't look all that much. It, well, man, I guess they were in this lab thing, and uh, he was working with her on her plants and stuff. He was working on her with the bushes? Oh, okay, all right. No, no, he wasn't doing that. He was trying to make beer. What? Because they, I guess they ran out, you know, and he's trying to make some new beer. And uh, he thinks he's got a pretty good recipe. She's helping him because she just wants to be with him. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, it is. And then uh, they test it out. She takes a sip and says, oh, it's great because, you know, she just, you know, wants to please him and stuff. But, of course, it doesn't. It's terrible. Nobody likes it. And he's all upset. And then... Wow, she really flips out like, you're, you're blaming me, and runs away, you know. And then it's like, oh, boy, that's the precursor to psycho cat nature. Oh, come on. Now that's, boy, you're really letting your misogyny show through. Look, it's what happened on the show. Anyway, uh, they'd say, hey, Tony, you've got to talk to her. She's got a little crush on you. Oh, my God. And so he takes advantage of the situation. No, nah, not really. Remember, he's he's still hung up on the shapeshifter uh, chick. Oh, yeah. Boy, you can imagine the, the sexual hijinks they get into. <laughs> I mean, she could turn into anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I bet she did. So anyway, uh, before he gets there, though, suddenly she uh, receives a, a visit from uh, like, like a ghost or something. Like a fairy godmother? Well, not godmother. No, it's some uh, bald guy uh, in yellow panties, uh, <laughs> a yellow bib, and um, a, Wait, a what? cape. <laughs> yeah, what? yeah, that's 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 what he wore. Uh, and that was about it, unfortunately. And uh, so uh, he's some sort of alien influence. That uh, figures, oh, here's this heartbroken teenage girl that I can manipulate and use. Oh, my God, he did that? No, no. And I mean, you know, considering the way he dressed, I don't think he swings that way. But anyway, uh, she's a complete moron, nearhead idiot. And oh, come uh, on now. Well, look, she had a 
crush on Tony. Oh, yeah. You know? good so good uh, she falls for this guy's uh, come ons, hook, line, and sinker, and pretty much does whatever he wants, even uh, messing with one of the plants, which does reveal that, uh, yeah, having alien plants around can be dangerous because uh, after the, uh, as per the instructions by her friendly ghost, uh, she, I forget exactly what she did, but uh, one of the plants in her lab uh, becomes uh, uh, harmful when uh, this other guy who works with her who also has a crush on her but uh, you know uh, she's not interested in him because he's too young and uh, she would rather be with a real man like Tony (laughs) Uh, but anyway after she messes with the plant uh, if you sniff it you pass out so uh, she does this to several other people too uh, you know to to get what she wants and uh, goes to this uh, bald guy's planet Uh, there's this uh, sort of uh, uh, ruin, or well, I guess not ruin, or some kind of uh, construction, a temple or something. She goes in there, and there's all these paintings and whatnot uh, detailing this society. And uh, the ghost keeps guiding her to this machine. She gets there and uh, to help him escape the dimension he's in. But the trick is they have to swap places. So now she's the ghost trapped in the other dimension, which turns out to be the antimatter universe. Oh, damn it. Not that place again. Jeez Louise. Yeah, but instead of meeting their uh, evil counterparts or stuff like that, it's just this bald guy in the yellow panties. You can hear the voices of other people from his uh, uh, universe or whatnot wanting to come across, but we never get to see them or anything. And, well, so wait a minute. Um, if they're from the antimatter universe, how did their, their temple thing get there? Yeah, I'm not really certain. I... I, I, I kind of gathered that maybe they were originally from this universe and they had did their experiments pushed them into antimatter or they've slowly been able to push this planet into the matter universe I, it, it it's bizarre considering that they needed people to change places with them so maybe they took a matter planet and swapped it for their own, but they weren't able to jump over themselves or something. Could be, I don't know. It just didn't really delve into it much. So anyway, I'm skipping over a lot of different details and whatnot, but Koenig and crew have to go in there after the girl. Uh, but the temple is guarded by this uh, monster that with a, well, it's a fish head monster with a spear. <laughs> what fish head monster? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that was their guard dog, I guess. But they, they use fish instead. Uh, as far as the Space 1999 monsters go, this one was <laughs> certainly one of the sillier ones. Um, but uh, pretty much outdone with the guy in the yellow panties. So what? The guy in the yellow panties, he, he succeeds, and they just got to accept that he's in the matter world now? Nah, and plus he wanted to use the whole crew of Alpha to get all his people over. But instead, they used Maya to shapeshift and look like the the, the young girl. So uh, they managed to uh, fool the, the bald, panty-wearing guy into thinking that his experiment had failed. And that he was in danger of turning into antimatter or whatever. And they get him back into the stupid booth. And then they swap him back. And then that's that. They leave. And uh, they self, they set the whole mechanism to self-destruct. And so the, they get back into their eagles. And then the whole planet just disappears because it, it faded back into the uh, antimatter universe. Wow. 
Okay, well, okay, so then they took the girl back to Alpha and, and brought her up on charges and had her court-martialed, right, for being a little traitor. Nope, they all had a good laugh about it uh, because she's not into Tony anymore and doesn't really give a crap about him and so moved on with the uh, the, the young man she works with in the, uh, the, the, the greenhouse or whatever it is. You mean the guy she poisoned with the plant? Well, yeah, but you got to understand they, they 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 all took her for being you know an airheaded idiot. Uh, I mean, look, she had a crush on Tony of all things, and uh, she was uh, bamboozled by a far superior intellect. You mean a bald man in yellow panties? That's right. Yes. Well, that sounds like it was another episode of Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Colorado Funeral Home Director allegedly kept woman's body in hearse for almost two years. Hello. I'm Mr. Nelson. Police arrested a funeral home director on suspicion of keeping the remains of more than 30 individuals and providing other people's cremains to families. In a press conference held by the Denver Police Department, Commander Matt Clark with the Major Crimes Unit said officials served an eviction against 33-year-old Tenant Miles Harford at a home on the 2500 block of South Quitman Street. When removing the tenant's belongings, the homeowners found several boxes in the crawlspace. Investigators determined the boxes to be temporary urns containing cremated human remains. Some of the temporary urns were empty, though. Harford reportedly worked as the funeral director of Apollo Funeral and Cremation Services from 2012 to 2022. Police at Harford stored a hearse in the backyard. Investigators found a deceased woman inside under a blanket during a search. <coughs> oh, jeez. The medical examiner confirmed the victim of the hearse to be a 63-year-old woman who died in August 2022, and her body had been concealed in the vehicle since shortly after her death. However, according to Clark, Harford provided the woman's family with another person's cremains, but told them they belonged to their loved one. Investigators served a search warrant on a U-Haul outside the home and reportedly found six additional urns with remains. According to Clark, the individuals whose ashes were found in the urns died between 2012 and 2021. In total, investigators recovered the remains of at least 30 people, and they're working to identify the victims and connect with their families. Further investigation revealed Hartford allegedly struggled financially and accumulated a large amount of debt. He was unable to complete cremations as a result. Unbeknownst to families, Hartford reportedly gave families other people's cremains so that funeral services could be held. Police alleged due to his debts, businesses would no longer work with Hartford on cremations. So he kept the woman's body in the back of the hearse. Police obtained a warrant for Harvard's arrest on charges of abuse of a corpse, forgery, and theft. And officers 
posted a bulletin asking about his whereabouts. Law enforcement officials eventually located Harford and arrested him. Additional charges are possible. Well, obviously, there's some elements missing here. I mean, sure, okay, he had debt and problems, couldn't keep up with the bills, but uh, does that mean like the crematorium uh, broke down and he couldn't do it anymore? But then he had all these ashes, so it had to have been working. And I just never got around to the woman in the car for two years. Hey, boy. And what about that car, that hearse, you know? I mean, uh, what are you going to do with that? Because no matter how much washing you do, it's... It's never going to get that new car smell again. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. Smellogs Poop, the super delicious laxative, presents The Adventures of Sun King. Faster than the speed of light, more powerful than an atomic bomb. Able to leap the moon in a single bound. What? Up in the sky! It's a comet! It's a UFO! No! It's Sun King! Yes, Sun King. And who? Disguised as mild-mannered tabloid reporter Mark Milktit, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. In our last episode, Sun King has been forcing the weapons magnate Rex Rain into traveling to the small country of Crappencorn, specifically West Crappencorn, which is currently in a civil war with East Crappencorn, a war that appears to have been manipulated by Mr. Rain himself for the means of profiting from it. While boarding the plane in his guise of Mark Milktet, Sun King is stunned to find that also boarding the plane is his fellow Capes Confidential reporter, Layla Lott. He's also even doubly surprised to discover a hijacker is on board who seizes control of the plane and forces it to divert to East Crappencorn. Abracadabra! I seize this plane in the name of only one! You will divert it to the nation of Crappencorn! But, but Crappencorn is, is where we're going! Oh, uh, oh, right, I, I, I mean you will divert this flight to East Crappencorn! He's <laughs> Crappencorn? <laughs> but that's the anti-American sound! I'll be killed! Yes, your fate is now in the hands of the Freedom Fighters of East Crappencorn! Abracadabra! Abracadabra! Please not, if I don't find a way to shed my everyday disguise of tabloid reporter Mark Milktit and change into Sun King, I may not be able to save the lives of the passengers and, of course, Layla Lott on this very plane from this demented hijacker. Wait, I think I know what to do. Now, all of you, be seated, or you will regret it! Huh? Oh no! Don't look now, but look, wh what's that behind you? What? Where? What? What? Oh, oh. I don't see anything! <laughs> I don't see anything either! I... Yeah, there's nothing there! And Mark, what the hell were you talking about? Mark? Mark? 
Oh, where did he get to now? If you're looking for something to see, you need look no further than right here, you filthy terrorist. Oh, 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 who are you? Oh, Sun King! Ah, thank God. Don't come any closer, Sun King, or I'll be forced to blow this plane sky high along with all these passengers. Don't be a fool, besides, I think you're bluffing. I don't see any explosives on you. Guess again, my friend, for I have several pounds of C4 explosive shoved up my rectum, and I need only activate the detonator, and boom goes the plane. Great snot. According to my solar vision, his rectum is indeed packed solid with explosives. I've got to act fast. And so, traveling at faster than the speed of light, Sun King grabs the terrorist and takes him to the back of the plane, where he opens the door, and the two men fly out, and he closes the door behind them, all of which appeared to the passengers as a blur of gold and red. What? What just happened? I, I don't know. Uh, are we alive? <laughs> are we alive? <laughs> and outside the plane, Sun King continues to struggle with the would-be hijacker. Release me, you foul infidel demon! Oh, oh, oh. What? What is it? Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, boy. Of course, my solar-energized force field protected me from the blast. However, the blood and guts of the man are all over me. I know. I'll speed at super sheer force, cleaning my uniform. And so, Sun King does just that, and is able to secretly return to the plane in a flash, and resume his everyday disguise of Mark Milktit, completely unbeknownst to the rest of the passengers. There you are, Mark. Where the hell did you go? You missed Sun King and everything. What? Oh, oh boy, just damn my luck, but I... Sorry, Layla. Uh, all the excitement. I got a little airsick, and I had to go to the, the restroom and, uh, and well, upchuck a bit. Oh, Mark. Later, at the international airport of Plop Plop, the capital city of West Crappencorn, Rex Rain tries to make good his escape. In all the confusion, I shouldn't be able to book another flight and get out of here. <laughs> so much for Sun King. <laughs> Going somewhere, Rex? But uh, it's you! Why, Rex, you look surprised to see me. And uh, that bomb went off, I thought for sure. <laughs> Remember, Rex, my solar-powered force field protects me from such harm. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, Sun King, I suppose I owe you a bit of gratitude. After all, that hijacker certainly would have ended my life as well as the others. That's true, Rex. However, the fate that hijacker intended for you pales in comparison to the one I have in store for you. What? What? What, what are you going to do? Absolutely nothing if you agree to join the West Crappencorn Army. What? <laughs> what for? There's a war going on here, Rex, and they can use all the help they can get. So you'd better be at the recruiter's office tomorrow morning or else. Later, at the hotel room of Rex Rain. Oh, man, what am I going to do? There's got to be a way out of this. Wait a minute, wait a minute, of course. There is a way out. The confusion of war. All I have to do is go ahead and join the Crappencorn Army 
and at the first chance, go AWOL and make good my escape. <laughs> yes, as an American citizen, once I'm back on U.S. shore, there's nothing the government of Kreppengarn can do. <laughs> Stupid Sun King. Yes, yes, once again, brains over brawn. <laughs> And then the next morning, at the recruitment station, Rex Rain is already outfitted in the uniform for a recruit and ready to report to his commander when suddenly he sees another recruit in uniform already, but something seems oddly familiar about the man. Good Lord! It's you! That's right, Rex. I decided to join, too, to, you know, keep you company. <laughs> attention! Attention, new recruits! Due to the emergency nature of the war, all recruits must now report for duty to relieve the infantry at the front immediately. Uh, well, it looks like you will be getting, uh, what they call the crash course and on-the-job training in the war. Uh, welcome to the West Crepid Guard Army, and, uh, yeah, 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 good luck with that. Oh, oh my god! Come on, Rex, where's your sense of adventure? After all, the weapons were designed and built by your company. And soon, Rex and Sun King find themselves at the front of the Crap and Corn Civil War. Oh god! Oh jeez! This is crazy! This is no place for a sane man! <laughs> we'll die here! So, it seems your views on the war change quite a bit when your own miserable life is at risk. <laughs> alright, alright! You were right, I was wrong! I, what, what do you want from me? Just please, I'll do anything you want! Just get me out of here! It's simple, Rex. All you have to do is have your company sever all ties with the parties at Kreppenkorn and no longer send these horrible, deplorable weapons of war to them. Okay, okay, done, done, deal. Just get me out of here. For God's sakes, Rex, calm down. I mean, your cowardice is turning my stomach. Look, you, I don't have a solar-charged force field. I mean, come on. Stop your whining, Rex. If you're looking for sympathy, you'll get none from me. After all, you're the one who... What? Oh, no! Warhead! Who? Uh, it's, this guy, his name's Warhead. He's he's one of our enhanced, super-powered mercenaries that we mutated back in the labs. Looks like, uh... <laughs> the East Crafting Cornies hired him for their side. Oh, boy. Lord, he packs a mean wallop. I should be able to handle... Good Lord. What? I... I'm bleeding. Oh, no. Could it be that this Warhead character is more than a match for Sun King? Find out in the next exciting episode in The Adventures of Sun King! The Adventures of Sun King is a Nelson production. All characters and stories are written and performed by me, Douglas Nelson, with music by Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources. 
This is a Nelson News Bulletin. A Florida duo allegedly strangled and killed a man after a woman had arranged to meet him for sex. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. Two people have been arrested after allegedly strangling a man, fatally shooting him, and leaving his body on the side of the road with his underwear and shorts pulled down to his ankles. Deputies responded to the 7600 block of Northwest 77th Terrace after a man found what he thought was a hog, but later realized it was a human body. Deputies found the deceased victim, later identified as Wayne Barlow, approximately six feet from the road. He was wearing a tank top, and his shorts and underwear were pulled down. According to an affidavit, deputies found the victim in a prone position, wedged between a tree and vines. Authorities also noticed blood on the victim's head, as well as lacerations and abrasions to his arms, legs, and torso. Barlow's wallet was recovered at the scene. The 5th District Medical Examiner's Office later determined the victim had been strangled and beaten, and he died of a gunshot wound to the head. According to the arrest affidavit, investigators spoke with Barlow's roommate, who said the victim planned to meet with a woman, but became upset because his vehicle had been stolen. On June 28, 2023, deputies reportedly located the victim's gray 2018 Hyundai Sonata and attempted a traffic stop near South Pine Avenue and Southeast 31st Street. The vehicle failed to stop and a pursuit ensued. Deputies eventually found the vehicle abandoned and began searching the area on foot. The sheriff's office found Michael Montgomery Jr., hiding in water around 25 minutes into their search. Investigators reportedly found the key fob to the victim's vehicle in his possession. Shortly after, deputies also located Jessica Long, hiding in seven-foot deep water near a tree. Authorities initially arrested Montgomery for fleeing or attempt to eluding law enforcement, as well as a probation violation. According to the arrest affidavit, Long had an active arrest warrant for Grand Theft Auto, and officials took her into custody. Both Montgomery and Long were brought into the sheriff's office for questioning with regard to Barlow's death. Long told investigators the victim allowed her to borrow the vehicle and paid her to drive him around. However, the sheriff's office noted Long was evasive with her answers and would not provide a consistent statement of what she did on the day of the victim's death. According to the affidavit, Montgomery told deputies Long had sex with the victim for money. And she said he would leave bruises and other injuries on her. Long reportedly told Montgomery she needed the victim's car to run away because people have been trying to kill her. Long allegedly arranged to meet the victim for sex and asked Montgomery to help her steal his car. Montgomery mentioned another suspect, Terrence Meaty Barnes, who allegedly went with the two. According to the affidavit, Montgomery said things did not go according to plan. Barlow allegedly attacked Long after realizing they were going to steal his car. 
Barnes and Montgomery reportedly planned to rob Barlow while Long had sex with him. Montgomery allegedly punched the victim and held him down when Barnes shot a firearm, striking Barlow. Montgomery said the victim subsequently went stiff. Afterwards, Long allegedly told Barnes to dispose of the gun. There was reportedly blood all over Montgomery. They all planned to go to a store to buy materials to clean the victim's car, including bleach. Montgomery reportedly said Barnes cleaned the car, but there was still blood on the windows. During an interview, Barnes denied involvement in Barlow's death. However, he reportedly admitted to helping clean the vehicle after the crime. He told investigators he became upset with Montgomery and Long during the incident because he was afraid he'd be considered an accessory in the crime. Because that's exactly what he was. On February 21st, the sheriff's office announced the arrest of Long and Montgomery on charges of homicide, murder, while engaged in a robbery. Well, it sounds like Montgomery really called it. Things certainly didn't go according to plan. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. Views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. And when they inevitably rule that presidents aren't immune from prosecution after they leave office, what that will tell Donald Trump, if by then he is president, is that he can never leave the office of the presidency. And if he is voted out in 2028, he cannot leave office. And he is willing to com he, is, he is welcome to commit any crimes he wants to, as long as he is still president, in order to ignore the result of that election and stay in power for life, because otherwise he is going to go to prison when he gets out. <laughs>